You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast. And for all of you who stayed up late on the East Coast or really anywhere other than the West Coast, it was certainly worth it as the Braves survived in 10-9 to fashion a wild game at the Coliseum out in Oakland, but the Braves were on the right side of the score. And with that and a Mets loss, I can now tell you the first place Atlanta Braves will continue their road trip in Oakland on Wednesday. But before we fast forward through anything that happened on this night, let me tell you, we're going to catch up on this wild game, all the things that went into it, what's going on in the National League East race, and of course, get you set for what is to come on this road trip. Before we do, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta, wherever you get uh, right here on YouTube, uh, and also uh, to Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcast. See, I'm so excited. I've got my uh, my two things I'm trying to shill here mixed up at the very, very start. So you know it's been that kind of night, and I know that it's been a long time since I've had some coffee a.m. So, Jake, with all of my jitters aside, I think the Braves, after waiting 136 games to get to first place, have to, I guess, take a moment to appreciate this, but the job is still out in front of them for 26 more games. Yeah, I think that's something you have to keep in mind while trying to hold back the excitement on a late night here. It is that there is still more work to be done, but where you think about where this team has come from and – the amount of great baseball they've had to play. Look, the Mets have played great baseball over the last three or four months. The Braves have just played unbelievable baseball to even have this opportunity to be tied for first place. And, you know, a crazy game to do so. It looked like it was going to be a an easy one and then ended up having to battle. And I um, know we'll get into it, but just great to see how the Braves can win in so many different ways and what makes them such a great team. Yeah, I think that it does. And that's really the hallmark of a good club is that you find ways to win. You find those ways when your starting pitcher doesn't have a good day, when you have a lead early on and it kind of goes away for one reason or another, or you just have to survive in the late innings and find ways to win and rally and do all those things in dramatic fashion. I would say that the Braves have been doing quite a bit of that since June the 1st when they began their real assault on the New York Mets and on first place trying to lay siege to a place that they know fairly well after winning the division for the last four years. You wouldn't think it would take as long for Atlanta to climb into first place, considering how well they've played since June the 1st. But here we are in the going on the second week of September, and Atlanta is just trying to keep pace with a club that's also been having a pretty good year. But here in September shows some signs, some cracks of maybe, you know, given that opportunity for Atlanta to you know walk in through that door. So We'll see what happens over the next 26 games, but let's talk about game number 136, the opener of a quick two-game set against the Oakland Athletics. Braves now 85-51 and 51 on the year, 34 games over 500. 10 runs, 13 hits, no errors, six men left aboard. For the Athletics, they're 50-86. and 86. That is uh, pretty much the polar opposite of the Braves' record, one of the worst, if not the worst, record in baseball now. Nine runs, nine hits, one error, four men left on base for Oakland. Jesse Chavez came in, picked up the win in relief. He's 3-1. and one. Uh, Joel Piamps uh, took the loss. Uh, he is now 3-4. and four. Kenley Jansen, 32nd save of the year. That's been quite a storyline over the past week, and Kenley responded with a 1-2-3 ninth inning with a couple of punch-outs. Three hours and nine minutes of time a game, 6,062 fans on hand at the Coliseum to see it. And this was a night, Jake, where you know Kyle Wright, from the very get-go, looked like 
he might have to battle it a little bit. And then things started to kind of go sideways on him and a couple of big Oakland rallies, uh, one that came in the third inning and uh, one that came in the fifth inning as well. And he was out of the game when some of those runs scored. But uh, suffice it to say, this was a rough night for Kyle Wright in eight earned runs allowed in four-plus innings. Yeah, not his night at all. Looked like a night where, you know, he might be able to breeze to his 18th win of the year on his way to trying to reach that 20 mark, but just did not have it for whatever reason. I think when you look back at it, was leaving a lot of pitches up. You know, Wright is really, you know, when he is going, he's getting a lot of ground balls. Hitters are getting on top of it, but he was leaving too many pitches up and hitters were able to get some loft on it and, you know, hits a couple of home runs off of them. That third inning in particular, you know, a lot of a couple of two out hits there. You had a two out single, then back to back home runs that made a six one lead, suddenly a six to five lead. Then that fifth inning after he struck out the side in the fourth, and I thought maybe he was on track, mm-hmm. came out of that fifth inning, walked about her, hit about her, walked about her. It's just, it's like the command just kept coming and going throughout the entire outing, just clearly didn't have it. But thankfully, the offense had his back on this night. Yeah, and on a night that you scored 10 runs, you better hope that you end up on the right side when it comes to winning or losing a game. But yeah, Kyle Wright, you know, that fourth inning, I think, was really kind of what made you feel like, okay, well, he had a bad third inning. He did give up back-to-back home runs. He typically does not allow a lot of home runs. It's just not something that's been a problem for him throughout the 2022 season. Then he comes out in that fourth inning, strikes out the side on 12 pitches, and you thought, okay, maybe he's locked in. He can kind of gut his way through this performance, maybe get through five, maybe even pitch into the sixth inning if he has indeed found something. And he came back out in the fifth, and it was the exact opposite. You had the walk, you had the hit batsman, like you said, another walk, a wild pitch. Things were all over the place. And then Dylan Lee came out of the bullpen and jumped into what is probably one of the toughest you know, situations that you can be thrown into as a reliever. Okay, well, the guy who just left here loaded the bases with nobody out. Come on in and try to get us out of this mess. It looked like he might, but Mark Kotze, the Oakland manager, the former Brave, uh, he punched the right button by sending Pender up there to hit. And Chad Pender's three-run home run tied this game. And that is when it just felt like this is a night that could go all kinds of wrong. But give the Braves credit, Jake. They managed to, A, find a way to take the lead and protect that one-run lead for the rest of the game. Some big performances from the bullpen, most certainly. And again, the offense scored you 10 runs. You should win this game. Yeah, that's what I take away a lot from this game is your pitcher doesn't have it, but your offense goes out there and wins a game for you. And the offense continues to add on. You had the three-run first inning but they didn't stop there even though you had Kyle Wright on the mound I'm sure you know there's probably a sense of this guy's been one of our most consistent Mm -hmm. pitchers all all year you know we can probably sit back and relax a little bit but thankfully they did not do that they continued to add on you know the A's came back in that third made it 6-5 game Braves went on scored three three runs in that fifth inning before the A's ultimately tied it up in the bottom half there so you know credit to the Braves offense for just continuing to add on to not sit back after scoring a bunch of runs early and that's what you love about this offense who really over the weekend against the Marlins got it going against some really good mm-hmm. pitching and then they continue that into Tuesday night's game against you know a guy in Cole Irvin who had some really good numbers an ERA you know at yeah. 3.33 coming into this game so credit this offense for what they were able to do and put up some big numbers and again needed every single one of them. Yeah, they did. Braves came into this series. They're going to face a couple of left-handers because they're also going to get Ken Waldachuk in game two. And the Braves have an 800 OPS 
against lefties this year. That's the second best mark against left-handed pitching of any of the 30 clubs in baseball. So you knew they had a chance, but you know, Irvin, to your point, I mean, this is a kid that had a sub two ERA at the Coliseum. So he's not used to going out and giving up three runs in an inning, let alone having it happen a couple of different times to him. But that's what the Braves offense was able to do. We got a lot to talk about when it comes to that offense, when it comes to the Braves bullpen. And of course, taking a look ahead to game two of the series and talking more about the National League East race, which is now all tied up between the Braves and the Mets. But before we do, I got to tell you about Coffee AM, the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster, and you can go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today and take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on. You'll get 15% off your first order. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Uh, I do want to talk about the Braves offense because they scored 10 runs. This was Matt Olson's homecoming to Oakland. He was a big part of that. He had a three-run homer, his 28th of the year. That was a huge highlight. But while all of those runs are what helped you win this game, Dylan Lee ran into some serious trouble, and I don't really envy any reliever getting thrown into a bases-loaded situation. I was a little bit surprised, though, that it was Dylan Lee, and maybe it's just one of those things where you wanted to go for the lefty-lefty matchups. Maybe he's the guy that you've kind of designated in the bullpen that can get ready the quickest of any of your relievers, and that is, believe it or not, a real thing. And maybe the combination of that had him in there. But this, you know, the the pender home run, the pinch hit, three-run bomb really changed this game, and it really kind of continued what has been the struggles in the second half for lefty Dylan Lee. Yeah, look, I think he's still one of those guys that Brian Snicker wants to trust in big spots. And look, that was a big spot there. I mean, you're hoping you get out of that, and then, you know, maybe you can kind of start to get into the back end of your bullpen and Dylan Lee just hasn't earned that trust in the second half. Look, he was outstanding in the first half, and I still think he's a guy you're going to go to situationally there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a big spot. Kyle Wright put Brian Snicker in a tough situation, you know, having to even go there in the fifth inning. But love with Jesse Chavez, obviously, did yep. coming in. I mean, put him in a Braves uniform, and he's terrific. And then the rest of the bullpen, you know, Iglesias, Minter, and then Jansen, like you mentioned, were absolutely fantastic. But – yeah, when Dylan Lee gave up that home run, I'm not going to lie, there was a part of me that thought, oh, no, this is going to go really badly. It just seemed like the script had been flipped at that point. Um, but luckily, the rest of the bullpen came in, shut things down the rest of the way. But if you're Brian Snicker right now, I think you got to start trying to really understand who you trust, who you, you really want to go to in those big situations. And unfortunately, like you said, it's a tough spot for Dylan Lee, but I think he's kind of losing some of that trust in those middle innings. Yeah, it's just there have been some rough outings for him. There's just really no two ways about that. But you would like to think, hey, in a four-run game, you know, you bring him in there and maybe he's able to allow one or two runs and you kind of get out of trouble and you close the book on Kyle Wright and then you move on to the pitchers you want to utilize when it comes to, you know, Rysel Iglesias and A.J. Minter and, of course, Kinley Jansen. And Jesse Chavez was an excellent bridge. It felt like he kind of came in and restored order. He got out of that inning. Dylan Lee was unable to you know, get the job done. But Jesse Chavez, as you mentioned, continues to be Mr. Reliable in a Braves uniform. So he was able to do the job. And then, of course, you were able to close things down. And there was, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because there's really no reason to. Some reason to question, though, who was going to be closing for the Braves. So when you saw Iglesias in the seventh, you had to have a pretty good indication that there's a chance that the big guy was going to get the ninth inning. He did. I thought Kinley Jansen looked terrific. And I've said this and will continue to say this. This is a guy who throughout his career has earned the opportunity to pitch his way through and get you know past his struggles, mechanically speaking. But when I thought about a one-run game in the ninth inning on a ninth that's been as crazy as this one, 
it kind of left you with a little bit of an unsettled feeling. Well, Kenley Jansen was able to come in and definitively slam the door for the Braves to pick up this win. So that was as good as anything we saw on this night. It was. And look, you mentioned it. You know, if anybody has any thoughts about Brian Snicker changing up the closer role, you all you got to do is look back to last year when everybody was begging for Will Smith to mm -hmm. be replaced at closer. And Brian Snicker is as loyal as a coach as there is out there. He's going to continue to let Kenley Jansen do his thing and hope that the back of the baseball card plays out. And I thought Kenley was great. And as great as he has been in his career, you have to know that he's maybe having a little bit of confidence issues. I think you could see it in his last couple of outings. He's frustrated with the results. He's frustrated with his own performance. So I think it was great to see him go out there in a one run game mm -hmm. and be able to close things down the way he did 12 pitches, eight swings, five of them swings and misses. I mean, he was just throwing the cutter, right by them so a really good outing from kenley jansen one that he really needed and i i think for brace fans a little bit needed as well yeah you may have needed to see it i have liked kenley's commentary after some of his rougher outings of the year where he said look i've been doing this a long time i'm i'm not going to allow this to to derail what i'm trying to get done here i'm going to make the changes i'm going to get things on track and hopefully this is the first big indicator that he's going to do just that. we got a lot to get to and a very little bit of time to get to the rest of it here. Uh, but in this game, Austin Riley's sack fly was the go-ahead run that broke the 9-9 tie. He finished one for three, a walk, a run scored, a run knocked in. The A's with a couple of four-run rallies. The Braves with three different three-run rallies, including the three-run homer from Matt Olson, who finished one for four with three runs knocked in on that one swing of the bat. And a couple of runs scored. You saw Ronald Acuna Jr. and Dansby Swanson, two hits and two runs scored. And hey, how about those troublemakers at the bottom of the order? Vaughn Grissom, four hits in this game, Jake. And were it not for a great play uh, by Tony Kemp in second base, he would have had a five-hit game. So Vaughn Grissom, he's been looking for one of these kind of games to kind of get himself right. I've really liked the way he's been swinging the bat lately after kind of going through, I would call it, maybe a little bit of a, a mini slump after his very hot start to his big league career. You saw him kind of inside out the couple of balls in this game, take it the other way, shoot it mm -hmm. through that hole on the right side. I mean, the kid can hit. We've seen that, you know, in his professional career, but great to see him, you know, kind of break out of it. Like you said, slowed down towards the end of August. I mean, we knew he wasn't going to hit 400 like he did in his first couple of weeks in the big leagues, but, you know, kind of like Michael Harris, who was great in his first month, and then kind of slowed down in the second month, and then we've seen him take back off. And he yeah. had to face a lot of talking about Michael Harris had to take face a lot of tough lefties tonight. Yeah, um, but, you know, he's trying to hang in there But good, good game for Vaughn Grissom. You mentioned Tony Kemp made two great plays in that inning. Also arrived Rod Marcelo Zuna of getting a, a potential blue RBI single. Mm -hmm. And he had a big hit in this game as well. A two out two two RBI hit um, that was huge as well. So up and down the lineup, guys getting it done in this game. So love to see that when when the offense is clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, and it really was one through nine. A lot of contributors to the Braves lineup to score 10 runs on 13 hits and win on a day that the Mets lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates by an 8-2 to two score. This is after losing two out of three to the Nationals over the weekend, and that brings the Braves and the Mets to a tie atop the National League East. It took a long time to get here, but now the Braves are finally in first place for the first time since before they threw their very first pitch of the season, and nobody had a record, so really... I don't know if you could call that being in first place before you've even played a game, but this for the Braves, a great opportunity for them down the stretch to continue to, as Matt Olson said in the post-game interview with Kelly Kroll on Bally Sports, 
We're going to keep the blinders on. We're going to pay attention to what we're doing, and we're going to continue to try to play our game. And I think if the Braves do that, they're going to be in pretty good position here down the stretch because now all bets are off, and it's a 26-game uh, sprint, really, for both these teams down the stretch to win the National League East. I think both of them are going to October. Both of them are going to be in the playoffs, but you'd certainly love to win that division so that you could you know, maybe get a buy and not have to deal with all that wild card business. So uh, with all of that said, uh, we'll get you set for game two of this series in Oakland on Wednesday. Before I do, though, I want to let you know betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games with reviews and news of every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Head to betonline.net today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Braves and A's, game two on uh, Wednesday afternoon in Oakland, Spencer Strider going for win number 10 of the year. He'll be facing Ken Waldachuk, who's looking for his first win of the season. 3.37 p.m. Eastern time, the first pitch at the Coliseum. Uh, Jake, we know that Spencer Strider last time out did something pretty special. It would be nice if he would dial it up again and give the Braves another one of those great performances to sweep the Oakland Athletics. Certainly would be, especially, you know, after having to use a lot of your big bull- bullpen arms to get the win on Tuesday, it would be great to see Strider go out there and, you know, love the strikeout numbers, but also love the fact he's able to go eight innings in that last one. Would love to see him be able to do that again, you know, go six, seven innings. And yeah, if you want to strike out 15 or more again, that would be awesome as well. But hopefully looking for a great outing from him. And Walter Chuck, part of that Frankie Montas deal with the Yankees earlier this year, just made his first big league start his last time out against the Nationals. So young pitcher out there has some great minor league numbers. We'll see how the Braves offense can adjust to him. Well, Braves with a big, big, big night with the bats to win a 10-9 game over the Oakland Athletics in game one and move into a tie for first place in the National League East. That'll wrap up here on the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed here on YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Braves with a big win in Oakland. They'll go for the sweep on Wednesday, and we'll be back with you after that here on the Braves postcast. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley, and we will catch you after that game. And until then. So long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 